a new episode of the Ready Fox Show right now, and I'm super excited because this has been a long time coming. <laughs> DJ Mel Boogie is in the house. Hey! You made it. Yes! You were supposed to be my second guest. <laughs> <laughs> and now Ten you're, months later. And you're episode yeah. 12 now. And yeah. I haven't been doing a lot of episodes. It's been a while since I've done an episode. Mm. Big shouts to Star Status. She was the last person that I had in the show. But um, yeah, like this summer has been crazy. How was your summer? Summer was busy. Summer right. was definitely busy. Um, I started a new job back in April. Oh, how's that going so far? I was doing the so 9 far? to 5 plus DJ and plus tour life plus yeah. People don't know how hard it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I can't imagine what it's like because I don't have kids or a mm. family or anything. And plus, I'm still juggling the DJ life with the work life. Right. And just other responsibilities, even yeah. family life in general. Like mm-hmm. my parents will need me to do something for them or whatever the case yes. is. But Richard. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so yeah, it's just one of those things where I, I can't even imagine the complication of having the kids plus everything else. Right. And I don't know. How do you do it? I don't know. Like people keep asking me that and I just, I don't have an answer. I just keep it moving. Right. Um, you just take care of whatever is in front of you at the moment. At the moment <laughs> and, and keep going. Right. And I try my best to like plan ahead and stay as organized as I can, but you know. Right. You know how it goes. Sometimes you just got to roll with the punches and then just make stuff happen. Sure. Okay. So let's, uh, let me take care of some business real quick okay. and then we will uh, play the intro and then get into the show. So uh, for you guys out there, uh, first Friday of every month and actually coming up pretty soon, um, first Friday of every month, I'm at. First Friday of every month, I am at Z1, Z80 Arcade Bar. Um, I think the address is 185 Danforth, but don't quote me. But you can Google it. Google's your best friend. Yes. <laughs> Google knows all. Um, so Z80 Arcade Bar, it's only a $5 cover, and you can go in and play all the retro arcade games for free. Miss Pac-Man, NBA Jam, they have uh, pinball machines, the whole nine. So it's a good time. You have food, alcohol, mm-hmm. play video games. Sounds Feel like a kid dope. again. A kid that gets to drink. Yes. So that's cool. Every Saturday on Vibe 105, I am hosting uh, with my man Solitaire, Miss Misha Gay, No Better Nina's in the house. The show is called Hashtag. Every Saturday on Vibe 105 at 10 a.m. And you can also check out past episodes on our Mixcloud page, uh, mixcloud.com slash Hashtag five one oh five. There you go. <laughs> okay. Shouts so, out to Ms. Misha Gay and uh No Better Nina because I think they're the embodiment of Hot Girl Summer. Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Sure, yeah. Hot girl summer's over yes. now, you guys. So what is it what is it? I forgot what Amisha's calling it for autumn or something like know. that. I don't know. I'll have to ask her about it again. Yes. But today we are talking to multitasker tasker, <laughs> uh mentor, DJ, mm. publicist, mother. Wow. Piano player, everything. Mel Boogie right here on the Ready Fox Show. Hey. Recorded live from Midtown Toronto, it's the Ready Fox Show. And now here's DJ Ready Fox. Oh, yeah, that's me. Mel Boogie, man. What's up, man? I'm just vibing out to that intro. You like the intro? Yeah, man. People always like the intro. (laughs) I just hope J. Cole doesn't sue me. We'll just talk to him. Don't worry. Yeah. Well, you know what? I reached out to Dreamville. (laughs) I said, you know, I emailed all like I emailed their contact info the whole night. And I said, you guys, whatever I need to do, I would like to have permission to use the instrumental for Chaining Day. Mm -hmm. Um, And nobody ever got back to me. I tried emailing his manager. J. Cole himself. I tried DMing him on Instagram. Sometimes he'll respond to fans. Yeah. But um, I know it's a shot in the dark to get anybody in that camp to respond. But mm-hmm. I did it. You guys, if you happen due to... Due diligence. I did my due diligence, sort of, kind of. But I just said, oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to keep on going on because I got to start my podcast. Yes. And all that stuff. So welcome, Mel Boogie. If you guys want to follow Mel Boogie, uh, sh- her at is just at DJ Mel Boogie. Pretty right. straightforward. Uh, she hosts Studio B. She DJs on it on Tuesdays, 8 p.m. on Vibe 105. How has the show been going? show's been going great. Yeah. Um, I partnered with Who do you uh, guys, DJ we're on Channel a... 9 about a little over a year ago, going right. on two years now. And yeah, yeah it's and been dope. Today we're recording on a Wednesday because mm-hmm. I usually record on Tuesdays, but I couldn't, obviously, with okay. you doing your show. Who did you, did you guys have any one special in yesterday? Uh, last night was just pure music, just okay. rare music. Okay. So sometimes nice. we got to do it that way, but uh, we got some special treats coming up for fall. Now that we're, now that fall is officially in full Right. Full swing. Yeah, yeah. Summer went by real fast. And I don't mm-hmm. think we got much of a summer at all. Anyways, and your birthday was in the summertime as yes. well, too. What do you usually do to celebrate your birthday? Um, It, it depends. This year was kind of quiet and introspective because I hit a hit a, 
almost milestone. Right. So, you know, I'm just... I, I, I'm just a, trying to appreciate every day and every year as it comes and just trying to, you know, make new goals for myself and, and come up with a plan to meet those goals. Do you do that usually? Like um, you kind of, um, I don't know if you do it maybe in January or December where you kind of look at the year coming up and decide, okay, what do I want to do next kind of thing? Yeah, I kind of try to do it more on my birthday just because... Uh, it's a good reminder. It's a, yeah, it's a good reminder. It's in the middle of the year. Everybody's on that, that vibe in January. Everybody's hitting the gym. All of a sudden, the gym's crowded. <laughs> right, yeah. Like, come on. It's so it's so weird. I've, I was part of a gym on Body and Soul over by uh, Eglinton and Avenue. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, January hit and the gym was packed yeah. for about... A month. Yeah. I would say right around February, it started to thin out. Yeah. And only <laughs> more one or room two. for me. Yeah. One or yeah. one or two of the series people stuck around. Yeah. Um, side note question for mm. you. Is Stand By Me one of your favorite movies? It is. And how did you know that? <laughs> okay. So. What... You were really digging in the crates. Okay. Now I'm scared of these questions. Okay. <laughs> okay so so what what is it about that movie? I love that movie. But yeah. um, I was surprised that that was like one of your favorite movies. So I was just like, uh, what is it about that movie? And how many times have you watched it? I've actually lost count. Definitely <laughs> over a hundred. Um, when it came out, I was in the sixth grade, sixth seventh grade, and that's obviously like a very pivotal time in in a kid's life. Right. Um, and me and my best friend used to love River Phoenix. <laughs> okay, sure. And um, just just the story of you know four friends. It's a coming of age story. Right. And I think at that age, I there was just a lot of stuff that kind of resonated with me kind of finding yourself right and even watching it as an adult you can look back and there's stuff that you didn't catch as a, as a youngster right and i i just think it's a dope movie yeah no well it's amazing yeah. it's the, i can't get through the um pie eating vomiting yeah scene, so oh, that's that's <sighs> yeah <laughs> it makes me queasy to yeah. my stomach every time yeah. i see that scene yeah. sometimes yeah. i just skip over it now because mm. it's just like i ever i've seen the movie enough times i don't yes. need to you nauseate myself yeah with the pie eating scene if you've never seen stand by me and you're queasy about vomiting yeah <laughs> good luck to you the, the fast forward through that good luck to you and it seems like you're also a fan of um hbo show uh, entourage too you're yep. a big fan of that as well how do, how do you feel about that show now in light of how things have changed with like me too because people look at that as a pretty misogynistic show it is um ari was you know the worst the worst <laughs> he was the worst but it's because he was the worst it kind of made him so funny because his his character was over the top right he was a character yeah. caricature of yeah. masculinity toxic max- yes, masculinity toxic. basically like he's as, as toxic as toxic could be per yeah. se so it's almost funny to laugh at it but it's just people are, i just find nowadays obviously with me too and stuff that if you were to rewatch mm-hmm. Entourage, you, I think a lot of people would cringe. Yeah, absolutely. And people cringed back then, too, I a think. Little, but but it, they saw it more as, as something comical. Right. But the sad part is there's a lot of people who are actually like that. Right. Um, just like even in real life, I've come across people, not even in the music business, right. but in my day-to-day work life. Like, I don't know. Am I allowed to swear on this? Of course. Okay, okay. <laughs> of course. So just tell you a little story. Okay. Um, in my day-to-day life, I'm a project manager. Okay. With project management, you need to be detail-oriented. You need to of be course. very specific and very, uh, you know, um, sensitive when it comes to timelines. Sure. And so I had uh, somebody interview me, an older gentleman. Um, he, he had asked me, he was asking me about, you know, my experience, blah, blah, blah. And then he asked me, oh, well, I don't know if I could ask you this, but how are you with anal? I was like, what? Uh, <laughs> what? I said, first of all, I've never had any complaints. Number two, <laughs> I think you were referring to me being, you know, uh, detail oriented. He's like, yeah, right, right. that's what I meant. Right. <laughs> well, I got the job. Right. Um, because I didn't even flinch. But it's like, yeah. why would you ask that? Because if I was a different person. Yeah, yeah. If I yeah. was a different person. like That could have been a real problem. For that could have been a real problem because scarborough mel is different from <laughs> from corporate, corporate mel corporate mel and scarborough mel almost came out I imagine. yes yes i that's had horrible. to reel her back in. see that's the kind of stuff that you guys have to deal with that <laughs> men never have to deal with that stuff just doesn't happen to us just doesn't yeah. just doesn't happen and yeah. if we do if it does we're happy yeah <laughs> i still got it yeah, yeah pretty much so um your radio history uh you started out chry 1993 break a dawn yeah. with manifest that's where I keep on trying to 
tell just praise uh, accolades on you because uh-huh. that was the ep- the uh, show where you got me started into radio yeah. and I've said this to a million people all over the planet and I've said <laughs> it to you I'm sure you're sick of me saying this to you that if, if it wasn't for you Mel Boogie I wouldn't be doing any of this stuff right now mm-hmm. I really wouldn't um, so for all of you that are listening it was during uh, Mel's Break of Dawn show it ran from 93 to 99 mm-hmm. uh, with you and Manifest and I, a friend of mine uh, DJ Supernova Curtis um, yes. Who knew you um, brought me to your show. You invited him, I guess, to come hang out. And then you said, hey, do you guys want to read some flyers? Because at that time it was the Wild Wild West. Yeah. And anything went. <laughs> yes. We could play almost anything on the radio. Almost anything, yes. And we just read anything, any flyer mm-hmm. that we wanted to read. Cause, yeah. And people would leave literally mountains of flyers yeah. at the radio station. You remember that? I remember that. And mm. what we did once we got our show after a while, I think we got our show around 90. 96 mm-hmm. but um you get to this radio station getting prepared to do your show and you would grab the flyers and you would go through them and pick the ones you choose to read yeah <laughs> and dash away the rest yeah, and get yeah. rid of the rest and yeah. so when we came to visit your show and you were, it was flyer reading time yeah and you said you guys want to get on the air and read some flyers and i was mm-hmm. like okay i was probably nervous at the time but that's when i got the bug for radio uh, And I think shortly after that, I applied to broadcasting school. Mm -hmm. And then that led to me working at Flow, obviously, and the whole nine. So you were the spark, Mel Boogie. Oh, wow. You were the absolute spark. I wouldn't be doing a podcast, probably. I wouldn't be on Vibe right now. Who knows? Maybe I wouldn't even be DJing. Who knows? So, yeah, I just, I can't thank you enough. Wow, that's pretty dope. Well, you know what? I, I really appreciate you you telling me that. That means a lot. Yeah. Um, I've probably said, um, this is the last time I'm going to say no, it to no, you. No, no, no. I've been you saying it what? to you for years and years. I've been always saying to you, Mel, if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be doing any of this. It's of it's dope, though, but it's because of stories like that. That's kind of what keeps me going because being on that type of station like chry or even vibe 105 i feel that you know it's really a privilege it's not just just because my name is is you know beside the the show name doesn't make that airtime that two hour block mine exclusively yeah yeah yeah. you know what i'm saying and i and i try to share it with as many people as possible sometimes that's through introducing listeners to new music and sometimes that's just having a guest new artists right and sometimes it's just having people in in the environment like there have been you know a lot of um, students over the years uh, broadcast students over the years who've hit me up and I invite them just to hang out in, in the studio. You don't have to do anything, but at least right. you can see how things operate. Yeah. And it's just great for people to see that environment that they normally don't get to see. And right. you never know what it's going to spark, right? Exactly. 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 With exactly. me. <laughs> so there you go. So after uh, Break of Dawn, you were kind of guest DJing on Flow 93.5 during the midday mix and the real right. frequency and OTA live for a bit. That was somewhere 2008-ish, 2011-ish. But before that, you were still doing Dropping Dimes. Yeah. So that was CHRY 105.5 as well as CKLN. Right. And that was basically spanned basically 13 years, 2001 to 2014. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. A, that's, that's a, a long time. It's a long, it doesn't feel like you did, nah. you're not realizing how long it was. No, it just, I don't know. It just, it doesn't feel like it was that long, but I basically started doing drop in times. Uh, yeah. Back in 2001, it was right after my daughter was born and she's 18 now. Right. And I did that for a long time. Right. And I mean, I get credited sometimes with starting drop in dimes, but I did not start it. It was Gemini. Right. Uh, the Gemini we all know and love. Right. Right. Um, she said, yeah, haven't been on radio for a little while what do you think you want to well come it in was Lindsay bit? Bess actually okay. who the thing with dropping dimes is it's it was always an all-female um show and it just kind of passed hands so Jem right. had started it and then right. I think Vivian Barclay did it for a bit and um Stash was DJing on the show at one time and then Lindsay was doing it she asked me to come for one week I met her through Honey Jam and Femme Fat and I never left. Right. Yeah. And I just. <laughs> you stayed for 13 I years. I stayed. I stayed. <laughs> and, you know, I just put a lot of love, time and effort into it. And it was such an amazing experience. What would you say? What was the thing about the experience that you say stuck with you the most over the span of your career up until this point? Um, just how surprised people are that women could be that 
passionate about hip hop. Really? It's very, it is, I guess, even back then, some of the songs we played were extremely misogynistic. I won't even lie. Because oh. we were we were on there late. But it's hip hop. And I was just as grimy as right. like even um, some of the dudes on uh, Scar Town Stick Up. You remember? Right. Yeah, sure. <laughs> At CIUT, they were saying like, yo, like, yeah. you guys are too grimy for us. But the but, thing is that I have a feeling hip hop is going to change now with the way society is changing. Right. Um, I just have that as a feeling. Like, I, I don't listen to a lot of hip hop today for all the littles that keep coming out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the little Scarface this and the little Tattoo Face that guy or whatever. So mm-hmm. um, for that, I haven't listened to hip hop as much. But I feel like hip hop is going to grow with the Me Too movement that's happening as well. Like you're not mm-hmm. going to necessarily you're not going to see the videos of guys pouring champagne on girls anymore. That kind of stuff. I don't see that happening. Yeah. Per se, I think that's going to slowly start to trickle out yeah. of hip hop as you're going to because you're going to have a new generation of guys coming up that are living in a Me Too world. Right. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be conscious of how they shoot their videos. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I just and feel you like, have a lot more women behind the camera, too. Yeah, that's true. There's, and there's more women in hip hop in general. Yes. Today than there was back then. So it's like there are women, more women in the field to hold men accountable to that kind of stuff For where sure. it wasn't the case. You know, hip hop is. It's, I think it's probably the most recent genre of music. I don't think there's been a genre of music that has come out major. Hip hop came out like, I guess it would started eighty seven, eighty six, seventies, something like that. But yeah. it really took hold. I think in the yeah. in the mid eighties, I would say, kind of thing where it really established yeah. itself as a genre of music to people. But um, it's the last genre of music mm-hmm. to come out for the most part. Do you remember the first hip hop song you heard? Um. The breaks, nice, and uh, I'm gonna age I think myself. Super rhymes. Yeah, for me it was um, sugar, uh, sugar, sugar Hill Gang. Yeah, Sugar Hill Gang. Yeah, yeah Rapper's Delight. Rapper's like, Delight was up there. Yeah, yeah. That, that's literally the first hip hop song I ever heard, mm. and I destroyed it. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh my gosh. I listened to it backwards and forward, yeah. over. And These over, are the breaks. Over and over. <gasps> Holy smokes! I yeah. couldn't believe it. Like, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I was hooked on hip hop yeah. right from then. But um, and now currently, you're doing Studio B. Yes. Um, Tuesdays at 8 p.m. with you and Channel Nine. Yes. And um, I want I want to get Channel Nine in here one day. <laughs> you're gonna come back, but I'm gonna have Channel Nine and you both here. Because that would be dope. Yeah. Oh, yeah you have the setup. Yeah, no, I have it totally set up, but mm-hmm. I I wouldn't want to have you here with him for the first time. Okay. I wanted to just one-on-one with you uh, and me. I'm special. Then I will do one-on-one with him as well, yes, and yeah. then you both can come back together. Right. But I, I want to hear Channel 9's story on his own, but I just yeah. love I just love that guy, man. Like, yeah. If you don't like Channel 9, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. <laughs> See, the funny thing is, me and Channel 9, I've known Channel 9 since ninth grade. Like, we went to the same high school. Um, I remember I when they were like, each other that yeah, long. beating on the lunch room tables, doing beats. Uh, he was in MIDI class, um, creating music. Who started DJing first? I don't know. I want to say him, but I'm not sure. He, I, I'm pretty sure he had started Static Show on CKLN before I started on CHRY. No, but who started DJing first? That I don't know, man. <laughs> That I don't know. Okay. All I know is shouts out to Agile because if it wasn't for DJ Agile, um, I wouldn't have had my first chance on on real like twelve hundreds. Tell I, me about I had that. My, I had my own turntables growing up. Okay, but it wasn't like DJ turntables. Like I had the belt driven. You had belt driven. Yes. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> so why you had those belt driven turntables just to play music, or were you interested in DJing? And how old were you at this time? Um, I was young, probably like eight, nine, ten Holy around macro. there. And it, my dad got them for us so we wouldn't touch his stuff. Right. So we had our <laughs> own turntables. So we, our own turntables, our own collection of records. And in that collection of records was everything from, you know, the Rapper's Delight right. to um, Grease Soundtrack to um, Marlo Thomas. You remember that? Free to Be You and Me? No, no. Oh, we got we, we, we to go digging in the crates a little bit. There was sure. that and um, Michael, the Jackson 5 Christmas album, which oh, I would yes, play in the yeah. middle of July because so, it was so dope. Oh, my God. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> it's, so, it's so good. Oh, my God. That is one of the greatest. <laughs> that reaction right there says oh, it all. So, it's so it's yeah. so good, that Jackson 5 Christmas album. Yeah. Oh, If you haven't listened to that, that 
maybe you don't love Christmas mm. or maybe you're not allowed to celebrate it. But Festivus if, for the rest of us. Yeah, exactly. But if you do love Christmas mm. and you love good music, mm-hmm. if you don't have that Jackson 5 Christmas album in your yes. life, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. Oh, my God. So yeah. good. There was Duran Duran, the reflex in there. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we had our we had our own records, but it wasn't because my dad wanted us to DJ. He just wanted us to so when did, pause off of his stuff. When did the idea kind of take hold in you for wanting to DJ DJ? Uh, well, we grew up listening to Ron Nelson okay. on uh, CKLN, <laughs> Fantastic <laughs> Voice. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and um, he was extremely influential yeah. in me wanting to do radio. I just didn't know how. Right. Um, but as far as like DJs, like the only DJs I, I saw at the time were like Jam Master J and right. that kind of thing. I was too young to go to parties. Right. So it was whatever I saw on TV and there were definitely no women yeah. doing that. Yeah. And for me, I knew I wanted to do radio and I wanted to be able to contribute on that level, but I didn't want to just be a host. And that's not to take anything away from from women who are hosts, obviously. Sure. But I just, I was like super shy and just getting, you know, the the guts to actually go on the mic wasn't something that I was really 100% comfortable with. Really? eh? At the time. And now you can't shut me up. Right. Yeah. You know, how does that work? I can't even imagine it. (laughs) That's so hard to even imagine. So. So what did you do? Like, how did you get started? Did you actually, you couldn't continue with the belt-driven turntables, obviously. No. So you had to go out and get, at least, I'm assuming you got 12s. Uh, eventually, eventually, but I pretty Sorry much... for the non-DJs out there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> techniques. We're, yeah, we're talking like... 1200s. Technology. Yeah. Turntables, which were, um, they weren't belt-driven. I guess, I don't know what the mechanism was it for them, but they were industry standard, um... In case you're not a DJ, I'm sure lots of DJs will listen to this show. But mm. for the non-DJs out there, because if I just say 12s, yes, they might not know. Yeah. I don't know. You got to break it down. <laughs> no, sure. no, you're in this. Sure. Once in a while. But um, so when did you get your first 12s? Uh, probably like 97. How did you, did you like have to save for months and months to no, get No, I them? just got married. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. And then he just took care of the rest. He for just you, took care of the rest. Oh, man. Every DJ has their um, story of getting their first 12s because it was such an accomplishment. Yeah. Like, I saved, I saved forever yeah. to buy my first set of 12s and it just took forever and ever. And I bought used ones too. I didn't even mm. buy brand new because mm-hmm. the, the brand new brand was new so expensive. expensive. Mm-hmm. So I had to buy them used, but they're so sturdy or they were so sturdy. Yeah. Um, you're still DJing on 12s like are you doing the digital uh, we do the show on 12s okay so you're using the the 12s in the studio yeah okay yeah and when you're doing events and parties are you still like do you ever use a controller CDJs what are you using yeah I use controller for you know some of the bigger parties just because I can't I can't look I'm getting up there (laughs) right I can't walk with all that equipment I still set up my own equipment I'm not a diva right who you know (laughs) has has you know someone to go in there and you're just chilling in your green room while someone's setting your stuff up for you exactly I don't got it like that yeah like Jazzy Jeff has it like that (laughs) well that's Jazzy Jeff (laughs) right exactly yeah that's well earned well deserved I'm sure you've met him many times I've met him once. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You only met, I've only met him once myself. Mm-hmm. And luckily enough for me, I was actually um, overseas in London. Oh, cool. But um, I just got a chance. That was my one chance to get to watch him DJ. Like, oh, nice. um, I was there with Cardi. And, mm-hmm. um, big ups to Cardi. Yeah, big shouts to Cardinal. And, um, yeah, I just, uh, it was a dream come true for me. Like, mm-hmm. I just got to sit there. Like, someone else set his stuff up, but then he came out to start playing. Yeah. And I got a chance to just kind of sit on the side. And I didn't even move from that spot. Yeah. I just sat there and watched him all night DJing. He's just, oh my God, he's so amazing. I had a similar experience like that, but with Dilla. Oh, you got to see you Dilla could live? not move me from that spot. Tell me about that. Where, when, where was um, this? It was downtown Toronto. Okay. Um, Frank and Dank were, I'm pretty sure it was Frank and Dank sure. who were on the mic. Makes sense. And he was just doing a set. I can't remember who opened for him, but he did a set. And he was just pulling out all these shots that I had Yo. heard remixes and Sick. all kind of stuff. Yo. Sick. And not too long after that, like he passed, he passed away. but it was just like, I was right there. 
Who are and the- he was just vibing off the crowd, and it was just like a real hip hop moment in Toronto. You you met so many like again for people that don't know how I have stuff set up here. I have a slideshow <laughs> that's going. You've met so many like super big legends, and you have like you're pulling out. <laughs> <laughs> Recipe to Rock Raider. That was a go. nice one. Um, you're pulling out some of these pictures from like deep in the crates. <laughs> and I can I can see the evolution of time because some okay. of them I got big cheeks and some of them I got slim cheeks. So oh, I like the slim cheek ones. Like that's a good one there. Oh, sure. Yes. Okay. Oh, please. Yeah. No. Anyways. <laughs> um, so you've won a ton of awards as well. Like mm-hmm. um, you 2015 or 2015. Sorry. Mm-hmm. You won the uh, Black Canadian Awards, DJ yeah. of the Year. Stylist Underground DJ of the Year 2011, as well as Stylist Stylist College Radio Show of the Year. You won that as well. Uh, You manifesto a Stylist Female again for 2008. Do you miss the Stylist Awards? Um, I think it was an important thing in the community in that, you know, we... People felt like it fostered too much... um, Favoritism. Or competition, or so to speak. Uh, I think competition Favoritism, maybe. I think competition is healthy. Yeah, I think so I think too. And DJs are just naturally competitive anyway. Naturally competitive. Like, I don't understand. If you don't know DJs, you don't know they're super competitive. Like, mm. if you're a DJ and you're somewhere and you're hearing another DJ playing, you're paying attention to everything you're he's like, doing. I like, wouldn't have mixed that. Yeah. I would have mixed yeah, that differently. So, can you do that when you go out? Can you turn off your DJ brain? Weddings are horrible. (laughs) (laughs) Weddings are horrible. That's why, you know, I'm just like, cheers to the bride and groom. And yeah, because the reception, once the reception rolls around, it's like, oh, my God, you can't enjoy yourself. Sweet baby Jesus. It's it's hard. I've gotten better over time, but that's like you just got to check yourself and just be there in the moment. And I'm sure visual artists graphic designers like everybody goes through that same thing where you're so. a creative person I you critique so. somebody else's work the dj air is so more sensitive than the average person again it's because we're noticing things that the average person isn't isn't noticing right in parties like i can't turn it off if i'm in a club as long as the dj is good if the dj is good i'm fine yeah if the dj is good <laughs> i'm having a ball i'm great i'm yeah. having a good time but it's when the dj is not that great or he's mm-hmm. not as good as people think he is because mm. they're having a good time right and i'm just sitting there and i'm like oh my god did you guys didn't notice that yeah. <laughs> like little things like that how it's, drunk are you right yeah now? it's so hard yeah. it's so hard to turn that part of your brain off yeah. but um and you just celebrated 25 years in the game son yeah god. 25 years yeah that's a long time so how was the celebration it was the 25th anniversary party you did it at um revival yes um you had the sorority there of course as well yes. as eternia lola buns mishy me tona was all down there yeah i regret yeah Yeah. i regret that i couldn't be there but um it just from the photos i saw it looked like an amazing time it was were were you um reluctant to do the event in the first place because you said i or i saw you quoted as saying that people were pretty like saying like yo you should be celebrating things like how come you like you you can't let this slide by and you don't celebrate yeah yeah and you know what i the thing with me is like I don't like the attention. Yeah, that's what it is. It's, I don't like all eyes on me. And I know DJs in general are usually you I'm would the think, same way. You would think you like the spotlight. I on don't. You, I don't need it. God. Don't want it. Don't like it. And it's so like even like I don't know if we're gonna get into it, but like even the whole. Uh, evolution of how djs market themselves where you know you got to be polished well speak on it right now because that's that's something i don't like about the way things have progressed in the Mm -hmm. dj culture where you have to wear tons of hats and the the hat that seems to be least important are dj skills yeah out of all the out of all the hats and responsibilities that you have as a dj these days for the environment we're in Mm -hmm. it seems like skills are on the low end of the totem pole right and i it's i don't want i always feel like i'm sounding like old man yelling at clouds When I start to talk about this Shaking stuff. Shaking your fist. Yeah, exactly. Like, like you youngsters, like you whippersnappers don't yeah. know kind of thing. But it's just a legit observation that I have yeah. from... And I, and I think it's, it's valid because you have these artists, these DJs who... You know, they pay so much attention to how they look on social media and getting the photo shoot and all of that, getting the endorsements. And by all means, do that. But at the same time 
practice. <laughs> Maybe. Allen Iverson, you talk about practice. practice. You got to practice. Yeah. You got to practice. Know your craft. Not, you know, if the the equipment isn't working, you're not playing. Right. No, like do some troubleshooting. Like hook it up yourself. Learn right. how your That's how your one thing I works. don't miss from vinyl. Oh, hooking everything up? <laughs> not just problems. Oh. <laughs> With vinyl, again, for anybody that out there that may not know, vinyl analog presented a whole slew of other possible yes. problems, especially <laughs> when you were dealing with needles. Needles were the yes. number one source of most of the problems yeah. that you probably had as a DJ. You gotta lick it. Yeah, or something, or you gotta maybe like grab a new one and rewire it yeah. again yeah, or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But needles were always the most of the time the issue with technical issues but mm. i that's it's not one grounded properly yeah it could oh, all sorts yeah. of or it, it could just be the needle could just be dusty yeah <laughs> and you would just have to clean it out or whatever and yeah. once things switched to digital and we were still using needles or at yeah. least you still do i don't yeah but um you gave up on that huh? well it's sort of kind of yeah again for me the controller is so convenient Mm-hmm. I've been able to do a lot of events in places I normally wouldn't have been able to do because mm-hmm. I had the controller. And that's that's an amazing part yeah. of, of having the controller. Because of the controller, you can DJ it just anywhere. makes it easy to go on tour. Like, yeah. I, like, I don't even know what it would be like if I had to walk with, like, turntables. Right. On tour. Like, ah, yeah, it's, it's, I, I can't it, even. I, don't, I miss them and I don't miss them because right. it's like I left the tactile feel of yes. the records. Yeah. And all that as opposed to CD platters. And mm-hmm. even with the CD platters, it's not spinning. So you're not really feeling it in your hands. Mm-hmm. But again, it's just the convenience of just having the controller. I can hold a bag in my laptop and I'm just walking into places. And yeah. I don't miss the having to play Tetris with crates. You know what I mean? Like, especially when <laughs> yeah, you're DJing yeah. with two other DJs and mm-hmm. we've all brought at least eight crates. Mm-hmm. And or they five have crates. the audacity to put their records <laughs> on top of your... Well, what kind of iPads? Oh. Yeah. There's yeah. etiquette. People. There is etiquette. There is etiquette. But um, <laughs> let's get back to the 25th anniversary, though. Yes. Because, because yeah, digress. I'm very similar like that, too, though. Mm-hmm. I don't like the attention. People mm-hmm. always find that weird when I say that. Like, I don't want I don't want to be the center of attention. Yeah. They're like, but you're a DJ. And I'm like, yeah. what does that have to do with any of that other stuff? Like, yeah, I yeah. just want to play music and see people enjoying themselves. Exactly. That's all that matters to me. And I always said that um, maybe to the detriment of my career that um, I didn't care if people knew who I was. Mm-hmm. As long as... I, if you if you surveyed people leaving the party and said, did you have a good time? Was the music good? Yeah. And if they said yes. And then if they said, do you know who the DJ was? And they said no, I'd be fine with that. Mm. I'd be absolutely okay with that. As long as people left the party I was spinning and they had a good time, they said the music was great, yeah. I'm good with that. You could stick me in the kitchen. <laughs> as long as I can see the crowd and know that what I'm playing is working yeah, kind of thing. So, yeah, I, you find that people find it weird when you tell them that, though, that you're like, yeah. I don't like the attention. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> I mean, it, it is important, though, to kind of document your history yeah. and, and make sure that people know that, yeah, you have been doing this for a while. And shouts out to Eternia. Her picture just flashed up. Okay. She's the one who convinced me to, like, do it. Like right. she says, you know, I, you know, it's important that. So what that were you weighing? Like, like, what were you trying to decide? Just. And how I wasn't did she sure convince people you? people would care. Right. And oh, you're crazy. I wasn't sure if, you know, the whole attention thing. Right. And just. Did like it in feel hindsight, vain to I was, you? it felt very vain. <laughs> it okay. felt very vain to yeah. me, and um, but it, it 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 is important to make sure you document these things because otherwise, pe- other people can take that history and rewrite it of however course. they want. This is something that I worked for, and yeah, I should be proud of it because um, there have been a lot of highs and lows, and there ha- even just as a woman as a mother, as whatever. Like right. I've gone through a lot of challenges and obstacles to to be where I am and do what I'm doing and to have done it for so long, especially when there weren't a lot of other female DJs out there when I right. started. Right, yeah. I want to be able to show that, yeah, you can still do this. And I think a lot of people think, you know, once you have kids, that's it, your career is done. You can see <laughs> young Miami from City Girls, they said her career is done. She's, right, yeah, she's yeah, pregnant yeah. in the... Yeah height of her career same with cardi b when she got pregnant they said the same thing about lauren hill they said the same thing about lauren hill but like you can be a mother and still enjoy your passion it might mean you have to balance things a little different how did how did things change for you once you had your first kid and you're still djing like what did you have to take a break from djing or did you have to kind of rearrange how you you, like there's no maternity leave from djing (laughs) you know what i mean like how did you how did that change for you um, fortunately, you know, I, I had a lot of support. My husband's a DJ. Yep. 
Um, my whole family is very much into the music industry, and I had a lot of support. I did have to kind of take a little bit of a step back into how, as far as how many gigs I was taking in at the time. Right. And I basically stopped traveling because you, right. you, you didn't need want to be, be too far away from yeah. your newborn. Basically. And there is a difference between mothers and fathers. Fathers do oh have God, the yeah. ability to like fathers go don't away and come feed. back. They don't breastfeed. <laughs> fathers don't breastfeed. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a whole other slew of, of, of things, but you know, I was very fortunate in that regard. And you know, I guess in order to stay happy and uh, I still wanted to have a foot in, in something that I love so much. Right. So that's, that's just how it worked out. Do you ever think you're going to retire from DJing? Probably. Um, Really? I'm already making an exit plan. (gasps) I'm already making a transition. I just assumed you were going to say never. (laughs) (laughs) I won't be doing it at the level that I'm doing it right now. Okay. This is perfect for what I'm doing right now. Like this past year, um, year and a half has been a, a huge period of, of growth for me. Tell me how so. Experiences. Um, not only just celebrating the 25th anniversary, sure. but I've had the opportunity to DJ for some pretty dope ass artists throughout right. my career. And last year I got to go on tour with the sorority. Right. Which was. Yeah. Big shouts to Hawaii Mighty. Congratulations yes. to you on your Polaris Prize yes, win so for 13th Floor. If you guys yes. haven't checked out that album, check it out. Mm. Um, yeah, big shouts to Hawaii Mighty and just the whole sorority in yes. general and as well as to Phoenix out there, yep. former member of the sorority right. as well. But Lex right. and Keisha Fresh out there yes. as well too. So just to shout you guys out. And they're all dope MCs. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It was just a really amazing experience to to you know go through rehearsals and preparing right. and right. uh the outfits and watching them practice their rhymes and studio and all of that and just kind of watching them grow from yeah. like uh it was like a front row seat to seeing how they were you know received by the crowds and it's just amazing to see it's one thing to get love in your city but when you travel Right. And people know your lyrics and right, they're yeah. like lining up to get your autograph after. It, it's just really dope. So I'm really proud of them. I love the sorority, man. They're so cool. We had them in hashtag. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, Havaya couldn't be there at the time. Yeah. But um, yeah, it was Phoenix and Lex and um, and Keisha. And it yeah. was just like, they're super cool, man. I, yes. We got to get them back in there again. But going back to um, Eternia. So mm. what did she, how did she finally convince you to do the, the, um, the party? The 25th anniversary. Uh, yeah, she was just basically saying, um, yeah. just along the line, yeah, just do it. <laughs> just do it. And it. Shouts out to Chris Jackson. Chris Jackson, um, big, big ticket, um, really helped to pull everything together. And we talked a lot about of ideas. And I talked to, uh, to him a lot about um, kind of my reservations about doing it but right. i'm glad i did it i'm right. glad i did it i have that night to um to look back on my kids were there a hubby was there family and the turnout was, was amazing i'm the assuming the turnout right? was dope. and you were like oh i'm not sure if anyone's gonna show yeah, up you know. you're so silly it's <laughs> so ridiculous Yo, master t came that that was like the cherry on not, top do you not understand how respected you are in the city <laughs> do you not understand that you know, you I'm do, just you, like Mel. <laughs> Mel. Okay, for me, when I first started DJing as well, there were two female DJs in the city, as far yeah. as I'm concerned. I don't even like referring to you as female DJ. I don't yeah. I actually don't. Only because we're talking in the context now of how many female DJs there right. were right. when I started. It was you and Sivu Play? <laughs> That's yeah, it. Yeah, shouts out to Sivu Play. <laughs> it was just you and Sivu Play. Right. I didn't know really of any other female DJs out there at the time, mm-hmm. but. Um, I don't even refer to you as a female DJ. You're just a DJ DJ. And you and, and you have mentored and helped so many people mm-hmm. in the industry, like so many. What how often do you get hit up by up and coming artists or DJs that just wanna politic with you? Like how often it must happen to you all the time. Yeah, pretty frequently, almost daily. How but... do you decide who you're gonna like mess with from who you're not? It depends. Like it just, it depends on a, a lot of factors. It depends on if you're persistent, right? Because you can't. There's no way to answer every single person, right? Um, and I just keep my eye on people and what they're doing and up and coming artists and how they move and that kind of thing, and right? 
like having Wes Maestro as as an older brother. Sure. I definitely uh, got to see how challenging it is for independent artists. And for the record, I had no <laughs> intention of bringing him up during this <laughs> conversation because okay. you are a big personality celebrity in your own right and i would hey. never refer to you as maestro sister how's it never <laughs> since you just brought it up yeah. yes your brother is as, as legendary as legend yeah guy. legend gets like that's that's as legend as legend gets but i actually consider you a legend in this city you are a legend that's, i don't even you are I, I honestly don't even think of it that way at all you can think of it however you want <laughs> I'm just spitting facts. You are a legend. But again, for attorney, you just yeah. you dropped a single uh, with her around yes. the time of the of the show mm. of the party giants. Yes. Uh, with attorney and Phoenix Pagliacci. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. And it was Correct. produced by Merciless. Yes. Want to listen to a little bit of it? Let's listen to a bit of Not it for anybody out there that though. hasn't heard it. So let's listen to a bit. Here we go. Steadily, mm. stop envying things that are not meant for me. I stop fearing pain as a blessing. I accept readily. There's more in store Shut ahead up. of me. Yeah, man. Just in preparation mode for final destiny. I'm timed out by the referee. The calling is the mission I choose to accept. I don't see beyond the road curve like a dip and swerve, like a road sir without asking what's next, just what's now. Find me with some just fire. Fire, that's fire, that's fire. So that's produced by DJ Merciless. Um, mm. Obviously, Eternia and Phoenix is on that as well. Yeah. And it's from your project, The Life Project. So yeah. how did the, the whole working of that uh, come out to be? Like, um, I'm not even sure who else is on it, to be honest with you. So that is an album that I dropped last year very quietly. Yeah. Super quietly, in fact. Um, Beyonce and, style. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> um, and it was just, a, a, I guess, a continuation of what I did for my 20th anniversary. Right. When uh, Manifesto uh, basically celebrated, you know, having me two decades in the game kind of thing. And I did a live stage performance uh, at uh, Young Dundas Square with uh-huh. Julie Black, Eternia, Phoenix, Jelly Two Fly, um, and uh, it was just crazy, yeah. and just a lot of people. Just, just the vibe from that event and the emotion and all of that. I just wanted to to produce something that kind of had a, a longer, a longer life. So uh, I collaborated with Sprocks, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it was more of a, an executive producer on that. I did a couple of beats. Sure. But yeah. Yeah, I, but it, still, it but dope. you're working with a lot of people that you respect and admire, and that's yeah. always good for the soul. Yes. Doing that kind of stuff, and you're just putting out good music. Yeah. So like, it's out there for people to listen to, mm-hmm. and um. Uh, just uh, how was the tour for with the sorority going across the country with them though? Like, um, just <laughs> was any secrets you want to spill real quick? Or? You know what? <laughs> the biggest secret that I learned is is this. Well, okay. Um, hard work definitely pays off. Sure. We did like countless hours of rehearsals. Yeah. Um, prior to going on tour, when we got off the plane in Vancouver, we went straight to the rehearsal studio to practice mm. with the dancers. Nice. And even though people think, you know, tour life is this big rock star life and it's we're really not, you know, we're destroying uh, uh, hotel rooms and tons unless, of groupies. Unless you're super A-list multimillionaire yeah. rock star already. It's really not like yeah. that. Yeah. There, there are groupies. Oh, really? There are groupies. Tell me about um, that. It's They were dope, though, because right. it, it was uh, women and men right. who just wanted to follow you guys everywhere and just like there were some people who went like from city to city right and there just imagine at the beginning of your your i guess career as a group right. you have that kind of right. of loyalty following, yeah. that following that's so, so that's good. so dope yeah but yeah for the most part like after the show one two drink and we were back in the hotel <laughs> watching black mirror yeah that's on it Netflix yeah. or the office yeah yeah you low know? key low mad low, low key, key. So. Just saving your energy for the next show for the next yeah day, and much. at the same time like 
for me, I, I had to change my diet. Those girls are, I call them girls, those women are, because they're younger than me, yeah. but um, they're, they're vegetarian. Oh, all of them? Yeah, all oh, of them. Okay. So they, they're very, um, very much aware of like the food that they put in their body and that kind of thing. And right. while I was with them, I was eating healthy too. And oh, I was like, off on good. You. rubbed off, man. Nice. Nice. Um, but even like just to prepare to go on tour, like I, I was doing exercises and just getting my body ready because it's a different kind of lifestyle. Yeah, it is. It's, it's harder than people think it is. It's it really lot, is. It's a lot like, of hard work. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy. So what would you say to a DJ now that's starting out today, female or male, doesn't really matter per mm-hmm. se, but um, if they're coming to you for advice and they're saying that they want to start a DJ career in this environment that we're currently in, what would you say to them? Study your craft. Okay. Um, study the history of DJing. Um, network as much as possible. Yeah. And spend more time developing yourself as as an artist and being the best you can be as a dj right as opposed to just showing people the face value right because at some point you're gonna have to show and prove because you're gonna you can look like you know (laughs) you can (laughs) you can look amazing yeah online and then in real life, it, it's it's a mishap. It's like a dreamboat body with a shipwreck face. Yeah, I don't want to. You can't be like that. I don't want to shit too much on like um, shitty DJs per se, but there are DJs out there that do all the right things for everything else except, mm-hmm. like I said before, except for the actual DJ skill part of it. I mm-hmm. was part of doing this party, and these guys said, "Oh yeah, she's got so many followers and this and that," and yeah. then she went on and it, she was just. Horrible. Yeah, she was just, and I was like, "Why'd you guys hire?" This? And that's that's unfortunate because she or he or whoever yeah. are, they were based, they were hired for their following yeah. as opposed to their actual skill. Yeah. Now, when it balances out, that's awesome. Oh, sure, that's it's great. fantastic. When you get good DJ with that the social media skills, great. Yeah. Yeah. But um, and I mean, people buy their followers, so who knows? So how do you, how do you feel about social media? Are you are you comfortable with it? Do you like using it? Do you is it a challenge for you to use it? Do you detest uh, it? Um, I I'm a lot more comfortable with it than I used to be. But I think I I look at it as a tool. Right. I look at look at it as a tool to get in get in contact with people, right. um, build relationships, let people know what I'm doing. Right. Um, let people know what it's like behind the scenes at the station or parties or events that I'm doing. As a mother, though, how mm. are you with your kids in terms of are you like keeping an eye on their social oh, media? Hell yeah! <laughs> are you? Kidding? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my daughter. I used to do spot checks right um, on her social media. She had me blocked off off of Instagram for a long time. <laughs> But I mean, I have allies who right. are following her, and I <laughs> right. they know to like come and tell to me report back to you. What? Yeah, of course, of course, it yeah. takes a village. Yeah, like, absolutely. And I I couldn't imagine. Well, I can't imagine. I'm not a parent, but it's just the whole new set of challenges mm-hmm. today and age with uh, social media. It's a whole other thing, and I see articles all the time about how it affects your you know your self esteem and. You know, it kind of forces you into a headspace of comparing yourself to other people and all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. So that's already a challenge for adults. But when you're talking about teenagers now, how much harder is that for them? So I can't even imagine. Yeah. And then as a mother, you want to, you know, look out for your kids. Yeah. And it's not, you know, I don't feel it's invading their privacy or anything (laughs) like that because I need to know what's going on. Absolutely. And it's not like you're sneaking into a room and reading her diary no no no, no. it's that's not like different. that because this is something that's in the public right and she's you know? she's exposed to potential predators out there as mm-hmm. well too so you have to be aware of that as well yeah. so yeah it's it's yeah you're wearing a ton of hats man so <laughs> many hats and just real quick too is yeah. a publicist who mm. some of your clients tell like who are some of the people that you do public publicity for um, well, I do a lot of work still for, for Maestro, of course. If sure. Siblings. Makes sense. Yes. That makes sense. Um, I've had the opportunity to work with some pretty dope people, though, like um, Ghostface Killer, which was a really, really dope experience. Right. Because it's, it's always interesting to work with people that you grew up listening to or meet. That you admire. Yeah. yeah. He's like a people. hero to me. Yeah. Like, he's yeah. dope. Yeah. He's, he's very dope. Um, he's... Uh, uh, dope to work with in that you get to see like the business side right as opposed to just 
the Tony Sparks, right, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Tony Stark side. Yeah, but um, I've uh, worked with a lot of artists in the city. Julie Black, like I, I'm very fortunate in in having the ability and the opportunities to kind of wear those different hats and move different ways in the industry. And it's from the vantage point of wanting to help the industry grow to make it easier right. for for the next generation. That seems really important to you. What, yeah. When did you when did you foster that value of kind of like paying it forward? Um, again, like just Ron Nelson era. Okay. He did it. Okay. Um, and watching Wes develop as an artist right. and some of the struggles and challenges and successes that he went through, like there's no blueprint. Right. Um, and people complain a lot about, you know, Canada not having an industry and you sit back and you complain, you complain, you complain. Sure. Well, what are you doing about it? Right. Right. Well, I know for me, I, I'm, you know, I'm part of the Juno advisory board because yep. I, I want the Junos and Canada to recognize the importance of, of rap music. Um, How's that experience been on the Juno board? Uh, it's, it's been cool up until like, I think a year and a half ago, I was the only female for like six years. But I mean, you know, right. I, I really um, worked hard to try and, and, and open it up. And, right. you know, there's evolution takes time. Right. Evolution takes time. But um, I, I definitely think that Canada has so much amazing talent and if it's just a matter of opportunity and networking and that sort of thing, everybody right. should have that opportunity. So wherever I can try and introduce people right. and try and help, I can't help everybody, obviously. Right. But you help but who you can. I help who I can. That's yeah. so good. That's so commendable of you. And do you feel like things have gotten better in terms of, cause I, I feel like Drake has had a good effect on the city. Mm-hmm. Like I always refer to him as Roger Bannister. He's like <laughs> the, the first guy that, ran the four minute mile basically mm-hmm. so before roger bannister everyone thought it was an impossible thing to do right and then he did it and then after that tons of people started running the four minute mile mm-hmm. once they realized that it was possible and i feel like right. drake did the same thing for the music industry in toronto at least where yeah. he reached the heights that we've never seen a toronto artist reach yeah. before but now all of a sudden you get the the jesse reyes's and the mm-hmm. weekends and the daniel caesar's all coming yeah. out all of a sudden and it's all to me that's like the drake thing so from your perspective of working with so many artists and you see new artists all the time at honey jam as well right and all that um big shouts to honey jam yes. uh ebony Rowe as well big shouts to you uh just for you've been the official dj of honey jam since its inception haven't you yes yeah, since 95 yeah and how has that experience been for you uh, it's been it's dope been- because I, yeah, again, that's that's an organization that, you know, I believe in what they're doing and they're celebrating 25 years next year. So you oh, can expect big things. Holy smokes. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So I got to go to that then. Yes, I've, I've been absolutely. to a couple of honey jams over the 24 years, <laughs> I guess. Mm-hmm. But um, it's been a while since I've been to it. But um, I always see like um, when it's coming up and the artists and it's just always a whole bunch of new artists that are always yeah. coming out. And I always wonder how many of these guys are, will we still hear and see three years from now? Yeah, that's the funny now? thing, though, because some of them have gone on to do things with The Voice. Some right. of them have uh, gone on. Nelly Furtado got her start there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Julie Black performed there like way early on in her career. Tara Chase. Like yeah. a lot of the names that we kind of go through listening to and hearing right. about. But a it, lot of them touch a stage. Havaya Mighty. Sure. But it's yeah. just so hard. Like, in, in general, just making it in music mm-hmm. is already hard as it is yeah. already. So, again, it seems like Honey Jam literally speaks exactly to your values of <laughs> yeah. helping people yeah. try to get up or whatever. So, With a focus yeah. on, on women, definitely. Because, um, yeah, it's, it's as hard as it is for emerging artists, it's right. even harder with that layer of, of, of gender the female bias. Stuff, yeah. yeah, being added yeah, to it. Exactly. You've experienced a lot of gender bias yourself in terms of your DJ career when you were Absolutely. coming out? Absolutely. It's so hard. I, I believe it, and I'm sure it's true, obviously, yeah. but it's just so hard to think that someone would like even doubt or question you <laughs> like, <laughs> just because you're a woman yeah you know what i mean like it's i i, I don't know can, what was like a frustrating thing that you encountered frequently because of the whole uterus thing i'm good to- <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, i'm gonna take you back into time <laughs> okay um yeah so back in the day uh dj's 
used to buy their records at tracks and and play the record every sure Thursday. Did. We sure did. You know, you used to make a beeline to to the record stores mm-hmm. and you know clamor to the front right. to to try and get those exclusives. And um, a lot of uh, m- most of the time, until people started to recognize my face. I they thought I was a girlfriend. I I was literally <laughs> elbowed in my chest a few times. With guys White guys trying to move in to get oh, the records and God. stuff. That's horrible. That's horrible. <laughs> did Eugene ever keep stuff on the side for you? Eugene did. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he did. He did. Okay. And um, it, I mean, it, it's it it definitely um, is a part of my my story. That doesn't you know happen I mean? anymore, though, with you in terms of people don't, like, try to say any Like, you're so well-established now at this point. I can't imagine that that happens anymore in terms of people trying to, like, you know, thinking whatever because you're a female. No, I don't think right. so. I think now um, because I, I'm able to do, like, bigger venues, like, and, and uh, more popular venues and events and corporate events especially. Right. right. People would more say, I've never seen a, a, a woman DJ before. Okay. I've heard of it, but I've never seen really? it. Really? Yeah. Till this day? To this day. Wow, that's crazy. To that's, this day. But that's ridiculous. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, I guess hey, maybe get out more. How about you? How about that? Yeah. Maybe, I don't know, see some things, do something. <laughs> Can't believe that. But yes. um, let's, we're going to wrap up soon. That I want to thank you so much for coming out. But um, yeah, you just wear so many hats. And um, I just wanted to ask you... Mm. Because uh, you do so many different things, are you thinking about um, cutting back more? So you already said that you have an exit plan for DJing, but all the other things that you're doing are going to start to kind of whittle that down as well, too. Mm-hmm. Like uh, maybe just have two or three things yeah. <laughs> that you're doing. <laughs> well, I, I shouldn't even call it an exit plan. That means I'm going to like stop 100%. But I'm definitely uh, working on transitioning some other things, and I'm kind of laying the foundation for that right now okay um i started doing a lot of public speaking as far as uh motivational speaking especially for women in hip-hop oh my god yeah that sort of thing i've been invited to to speak on a number of panels you should be and be featured you know keynote speaker that sort of thing and and it's something that i really enjoyed for somebody who doesn't like the spotlight right yeah you know just to but there's a there's a good value that you're giving to people by doing that it's not a narcissistic thing where you're just doing it because you want the attention and the shine if you can help somebody which I'm assuming is why you do it. Yeah, and it's yeah. a sharing of experiences. And even if somebody in the audience isn't a DJ, there are so many commonalities between what I've gone through and what other women have gone through right. and what other uh, you know up-and-coming artists have gone through. There's, there's a lot of commonalities there. And, and how I have chosen to navigate it may not be what, what you would choose to do, but maybe you can learn from some of my mistakes right. and some of my missteps and, and you know, kind of avoid the same ones and on your road to success so so good and so commend so commendable thank you so much for coming through um anything coming up soon that you want to let people know about this will be posted tomorrow thursday first thing in the morning most likely Uh, so people hopefully will be listening to this thursday afternoon evening or whatever hopefully yes they will but um yeah so any anything coming up where you spending this weekend? Got coming up big events. Yeah, so Sorority's back on tour. Ooh. New music. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. They're <laughs> dropping a new ch- single October 4th. October 4th. October 4th out there, you guys. Uh, new mu- new music from the Sorority is coming out. Yeah, yeah, so definitely check that out. And uh, yeah, check out the show, Vibe 105 Studio B, uh, with uh, DJ Channel 9 and myself uh, every Tuesday night, 8 to 10. And outside of that, yeah. You know, I'm I'm just I'm gonna keep it moving as as I always nice. do. Nice. Okay. Well, you're gonna come back, but I'm gonna have you and Channel Nine. That's here. gonna be dope. That will be fun because I I have yet to do a three person conversation podcast yet. Okay. Because so, I want to always give everybody their due in terms of the one on one first, but yeah. eventually I want to start doing combos. Maybe I'll have you and Keisha here oh. one day. And or the something. thing is, they both have stories on me, <laughs> so that could go you either way. You never should have told me that. <laughs> You ne- now I'm more motivated to make it happen. Yeah, now. Keisha, not so much. She <laughs> right. probably has she has some stories. But on you've me. known Channel Nine since grade. I've what? known. I know. I've known Channel Nine since '89. There so, you go. Yeah. Perfect. So yeah, now I'm definitely gonna make that happen. <laughs> so thank you so much for coming out. We're gonna wrap up the show. Um, we're gonna end the show off with words of wisdom um, from MC Light. 
Totally. And um, since you're a person that wears so many hats, mm-hmm. MC Light has also evolved her career to wear many hats as well. So right. we're going to listen to some advice from MC Light about doing stuff more so like different things within your career and outside of your career. So Mel, thank you so much for coming out. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate Glad I it. made it. You made it. You <laughs> made it. So here are words of wisdom from MC Light. Thank you guys for listening and I will catch you in the next episode. Well, the advice I would give to any artist is to certainly explore uh, options outside of just music. Other things that you may enjoy doing can also prove to be uh, you know, lucrative at some point if you do it with love. And all of those things that I've done outside of music, I studied. So I didn't really like come out like, ooh, I can act. As a matter of fact, I thought I could and I didn't get a job. So I said, I better go get some acting lessons. And the same thing for voiceover. So I would, I would just push that they should seek other things to satisfy them outside of music as well as within music and then also to not be afraid to um, to study and and to put yourself in a mode of education you know uh, becoming educated about whatever it is that you want to do